Well, welcome. This is WNZ Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy that you tuned in once again. I'm right here with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Hey, Jad. Great to be here with you as always. Another day in the neighborhood. Yeah. And very day. happy we have this opportunity on WNZN Radio uh, to be sharing the gospel message as well as promoting and interviewing ministries, both local in Northeast Ohio as well as global, literally around the world. I've been looking back at the last year. Yeah. We touched base with a lot of different people. Boy, did we ever. Projects and ministries. Yes. So if you are listening uh, and you're having any difficulty with the reception, any static, you can go to your iPhone, your iPad, um, Alexa, and I just uh, put in WNZN.org, www.wnzn.org, and you should get it pretty clearly that way. Um, Again, this is 89.1 FM radio. Well, David, we've had a lot of interesting topics, and we've had a lot of interesting people. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful to the Lord for that. You know, he's really supplied uh, different uh, subjects that we cover. And I think this one is extremely important in this 21st century that we live in, because when you go way back to the beginning in Genesis, so many of the things that are happening in culture and society today go way back to the beginning Mm -hmm. and God's creation and pattern and promises that he gave in the in the book of uh, Genesis. There's so many things that are contained in there oh, yeah. regarding uh, the created order of the universe, mm-hmm. uh, how God made man, that we have a soul, we're mm-hmm. different from the animal kingdom, about marriage, about uh, prophecies, about Satan, yeah. about uh, man's tendency to sin and, 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 and uh, move away from God. Then we see the introduction of mm-hmm. uh, Jewish people through Abraham, that Israel, it's things that are just like kind of happening today, go way, way back to this first, very first chapter, uh, very first book in the Bible. So I thought we'd dive into that today and go way back. And then particularly want to put emphasis on Jesus in Genesis. So when you look at that, when people might think, well, what do you mean Jesus in Genesis? Well, what a lot of people don't realize is that Jesus came before Genesis. That is to say, he yeah. existed uh, before the creation of the world, right. the universe. And that's why he says in John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it will go on to say how he created all things. He created all things. He made all things. Right. So uh, there we see him doing a creation, but he's before that because he says mm-hmm. he calls himself the, the Alpha and the Omega. He says in the Gospel of John, he is the great I am. He, in other words, he says, before Abraham was I am. Yeah. And he says again in John chapter 17, when he's praying to his heavenly father, he says something very interesting when he says, um, Father, uh, the hour has come. Glorify your son. Also, um, you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many. This is eternal life that they might know you. And the true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, I have glorified you on the earth. Mm-hmm. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Now glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Yeah. See, before right. the world was, right, tells you that He was existing uh, from all eternity. So uh, when we get back into Genesis, with the emphasis looking for Jesus, we're seeing Him even before the sun, the moon, the stars this planet earth and uh that's just where we're starting to roll with this you know when uh you know people listening might 
not think of this. They might think of Christmas. Oh, yeah, Jesus entered into the human situation. You know, the Word mm-hmm. became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The whole, what we see in the Christmas story. But no, he goes way, way back, yeah. even to eternity past. <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, almost all the important doctrines, like you said, John, and the teachings of the Bible have their foundation in Genesis. Yes, right. I mean, it's all there. It shows the origin, as you said, of the universe, uh, the creation of man, marriage, good and evil. Um, and then also the promise of the Messiah and Jesus Christ, as you said. Yeah. So, so right from the fall, redemption and justification comes in. God had the plan, and we'll see that too as we cover Genesis. Yeah, and so today, you know, it's hard when you look at Genesis chapter 1, where it says, in the beginning, God. Well, for one thing, God doesn't stop by giving us 10 reasons to believe in him. Yeah. Right? He just declares it, in the yeah. beginning, God. He, and then it goes on to say, in the beginning, God um, created the heavens and the earth. Well, let's look at a couple of things. In, in, in chapter 1, verse 1, here we see that he is before the beginning. It says, in the beginning, God, so if he's created, he must be outside of creation. The same way a painter is outside the painting that he's painting, right? He's the, yeah. The painting didn't paint itself. No. But it, it, if you see this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We see something interesting in this very first. Mm-hmm. We see, number one, okay, we see God, but look at beginning, that's time. So there's mm-hmm. time, beginning, then there's created the heavens, that's space, and the earth, that, that's matter. So we see these three components right yeah. first verse. And beginning, how many how many dimensions does time have? Past, present, future. future. Three. Yeah. Yeah. How many dimensions does space have? Length, width, yeah. height. Yeah. And how many uh, characteristics does uh, earth or um, matter have? Solid, liquid, yes. gas. Yeah. Do you see these yeah. patterns of three are yeah. starting to emerge? Absolutely. So it's very orderly. Yeah. One of the things we're going to see about God, he creates in a very orderly fashion. Mm-hmm. And of course, whatever Jesus does in his miracles is very orderly, yeah. very precise. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, God is a God of order. Yeah. It's Satan that creates disorder yes. and chaos and uh, uh-huh. uh, alignment. You know, everything goes out of alignment. Mm-hmm. But then when you start seeing uh, where it says in verse 2 of Genesis 1, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering yeah. over the... So here you see the Holy Spirit. So you see God, the Holy Spirit, and we're told that Jesus is the Creator, right? Mm-hmm. We see yeah. this in different places. Right. Uh, I could quote again at Colossians. It says about Jesus in chapter 1 of Colossians, verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by Him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible, invisible, powers, all things that were created through him and for him. So again, we see Jesus. So right here, you're starting to get glimpses of the Trinity. You see that? You're starting to get glimpses. So when you go down the list, he he, he has six days, okay? He's going to be working in six days to create this entire galaxy, universe, yeah. earth, myth. But the first day... What he does, he separates light from darkness, okay? And then the second day separates the waters below from the atmosphere above. Yeah. So he, and yeah. then the, the third day, he creates the water and the dry land and vegetation. See, he forms on those three days, but the corresponding three days, he fills what he's formed. So when he separates 
on the first day, light from darkness, or, or day and night, then it says he fills that space on the fourth day mm -hmm. with the sun and all this during the yeah. day and the sun, the stars and the moon and everything at night. Yeah. Same thing with the waters below, the seas, and the atmosphere of the sky above. What does he do on the corresponding fifth day? He fills the sea with fish. Yeah. And he fills the air with birds. You see how he forms and fills. Mm -hmm. And then he fills the earth with vegetation and dry land. And then what does he fill it with? Animals yeah. and man. So there's a real, then you see this pattern of three is starting to emerge, and we're starting to see this with some clarity. Then, you know, John, you know what I like? You know, it's a little point, but I think it's a big one to me. It's interesting that on day four, he created the sun and the moon. Yeah. But there's light, and in, in all three of those first days, it's the light from God. And probably it's probably the same light we'll see in heaven. He's so. called the light of the world. So his very presence yeah. probably is... Uh, it's a good point, though. I mean, because yeah. it does say in the beginning, you know, it says, let there be light. There was light. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, everywhere you see God, in a sense, you see light. Mm -hmm. you know, that's part of his, his uh, characteristics that, yeah. or what he might look like. So then what happens is very important is how does God create all this? He simply speaks. Right. Now, that's a very important point. Yeah. Because... Uh, we don't understand it because we have to have substance. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to have, you know, matter or earth, mm -hmm. paints or lumber or whatever we're going to make anything. But not so with God. And this is called ex nihilo. Mm -hmm. God creates out of nothing. Right. He doesn't require anything. Yeah, it's not chance. Does, and, and it does, yeah. doesn't need any material. Right. He just, he just speaks it into existence. Yeah. And that's why people have a hard time. They're always trying to say, when did this all start and how did it happen? Here's what it says in Psalm 63. Um, verse six, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Okay. So how did he do it? Verse nine, for he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. He just spoke it. Amen. You know, it's like, it's hard to imagine how he did this, but he, he, he could just say, uh, maybe he just said, uh, Milky Way or galaxies or, you know, and that's all we know is it yeah part of any time you right know, he, he could he could create that so quickly yeah you know it, it's amazing i i have some notes god created the heavens the simple fact of god's creation is more amazing when you look at the greatness of the universe so just look at the size of the galaxy mm -hmm. a typical galaxy contains billions of individual stars our galaxy alone the milky way contains 200 billion stars but this is only our galaxy. There's so many others. And then the average distance between one galaxy and another, John, is about 20 million trillion miles. Our closest galaxy is about 12 trillion miles away. Yeah. Can you just imagine that? You can't. I mean, because I, we have finite mind. Yeah, right. His is infinite. Right. And so when we try to imagine this stuff, it stretches our mind, David. You know, it's like, yeah. if you wanted to keep writing all day long a number, yeah. 1 billion, 2 billion, 10 trillion, quadrillion, keep going, keep going all day, all week, Yeah. then all you got to do is add another one. You know, so you're never right. going to reach the limit. Same way with space. Yeah. This tells you something about an infinite God. Yeah. But the beauty of the God of the Bible, he reveals himself to He him. does. And the first way he does it, is through the spoken word. Mm -hmm. That's he speaks it. Yeah, we're going to look at each of these three evidences mm -hmm. of God. Yeah. Number two, mm -hmm. he reveals himself through the written word. Yeah, that's the Bible because we can only know so much from creation about the Creator. We don't understand the plan of salvation. 
we don't understand all the characteristics of God or the nature of man, but we need the written word, the prophetic word. We're going to look at that. That's So you have the spoken word, creation, all nature. You have the written word, the Bible, Old right. Testament, New Testament. It reveals God in high detail. But the ultimate revelation of God is the living word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. That's why Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. So he's the greatest revelation. All these other two should lead us to God. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. He's by looking at creation. Yeah. And then the word of God, mm-hmm. and then come to the living God. And come. Well, let me give you an example. In Think of the uh, Christmas story. Yeah, Wiseman. What's the first thing that leads him to go search for the king of the Jews? The star. There's something in nature that's yeah. out of ordinary. It's right. star. Yep. It's probably bright. It's moving. Mm-hmm. And they follow it probably Earth. from present-day Iran or Iraq. Persia back as a day made. Right. So they're following it and following it. And it, they come to Jerusalem. That's where they would think a king would be. That's the capital of, of uh, Israel. They ask Herod, where is this king of the Jews? He calls in the Bible scholars. They look in the scripture, Micah 5, 2, yeah. and they said, oh, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. That's what it says. So Bethlehem, though you're little among the nations, out of you shall come forth him who is going to be the ruler from all eternity. Yeah. He said, so it goes, starts in nature, goes to the scripture, and then finally, what do they do? They go see and see Jesus. They yeah. Get, it's nature. So you've got the spoken word mm-hmm. in nature. You got the written word scripture and you got the living word Jesus. Yeah. If you follow that pattern, yeah, it's very interesting. I'll show you how this works out. Look at so just we'll stay on this for just a second. Look at Psalm 19 just for a moment. Psalm 19. And it and it it says uh something very interesting about this creation we're just talking about. That's why I, I think it's so important to look at Genesis. Yeah. Psalm 19. Right. And just read the first four verses. The heavens declare the glory of God, and skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. Okay, now look at that. Look at the emphasis on words, yeah. speech, yeah. language. And it's, it's saying... Night and day are showing God's handiwork. Yeah. Day unto day utter speech. It reveals knowledge. It's all around the world, it says. Their light is going out. So what's happening here is, I, I once knew this atheist, and he says, what, you say, what would make you believe there's a God? He says, if he, he wrote something in the sky, like, uh, mm-hmm. Bill, I'm here, or something. Well, the Bible says every day he's writing something in the sky. Yeah. The sun, yeah. the moon, the stars. He's, where he's showing his handiwork. So there you see nature, what we call the spoken word. But then you come down to verse 7. He says in Psalm 19, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Now do you see what he's doing? Yeah. He's moving to the word of God. He's moving to the scripture. Yeah. He's not looking at nature now. He's looking mm-hmm. at Scripture, yeah. and he tells all the benefits of Scripture. Yeah, the the statutes of the Lord are right. The commandments of the mm-hmm. Lord is pure. The fear of the Lord is clean. Uh, they're desired more to be desired than gold, much fine gold. And then he goes, "By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward." And then he goes in. He starts looking at the universe. Then he goes within his own heart, and he says, "God, cleanse me of any secret faults." And then the last verse it says. 
Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Yeah. So where does he end up? With the Redeemer. With yeah. God. Yeah. So you see again, start out with nature, move to Scripture, yeah. move to the living God. Yeah. You know, I have a couple of things, Jan. When you look at Genesis 1-1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you have no problem b believing that, if you believe that, you have no problem believing the rest of the Bible. Exactly. That's right. the key bottom line. If you look at John 5, 46 to 47, Jesus spoke of the importance of believing uh, Genesis and what Moses wrote. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? That's a very important thing. Yeah. If you don't believe the word of God, that's yeah. the scripture, then what? how do you guide your life? Right. What, I mean, if you don't believe that, let's look at another instance. Look at Luke chapter 16, how important it is. Just by summary, this is the famous account of the rich man who ends up in hell. And um, he's cried out to Abraham in, yeah. in paradise. Right. And he wants to get out of there or he at least wants somebody to go, Lazarus, to take the message to his brothers who don't, mm -hmm. don't have any regard for afterlife or the scriptures. But he says, look what he says, um, look what he says in verse, uh, uh, look at 28 through 31 of uh, Luke 16. Okay. Luke 16, 28 through uh, 31. Yeah. Uh, For I have five brothers, let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets, let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Isn't that powerful? Wow. When it refers to Moses, that means the first five books when we're studying in Genesis. But there's people that end up in hell because they don't believe the books of the Bible are scripture, just like we're reading now. If they don't... And the sad part about this is yeah. somebody does go from the dead. Right. Jesus, and they still don't believe. Yeah. It's like today. I mean, when you think about it, David, we sit yeah. here and look at this creation. Yeah. We're in the middle of winter, but in three months' time, yep. these trees are going to start turning green. Birds are coming back from coming down to the south, right? Yeah. The temperature warms up. The day right. gets longer. And then... <laughs> All of this thing starts changing and we move into summer mm -hmm. and everything is, you know, acorns are blossoming and flowers and everything. And then we go into the auto. Yeah. Oh, who, how can that be? If right. It's not some great yeah. conductor of this universal orchestra. Yeah. And so if they don't, if they look at that, that should cause them to look at the word of God. And then that should cause them to think about God and what's my relationship to God. Yeah. So to your point, you know, the, the inherent idea is that God is an intelligent designer. There's only an intelligent designer that could create the universe. Astrophysicist Hugh Ross wrote in the book, Fingerprint of God, we went over that before. The universe has just the right gravitational force. If it were larger, the stars would be too hot and would burn up too quickly and too unevenly to support life. If it were smaller, the stars would remain so cool, nuclear fusion would never ignite and there would be no heat and light. The universe has just the right speed of light. If we were larger, stars would send out too much light. If we were smaller, stars would not send out enough light. The universe has 
just right average distance between the stars. So it goes on and on, but yeah. basically it is just perfectly designed. It's what they, if it were off by a little bit, we, we wouldn't be sitting here. It's called fine tuning. Right. And again, if the sun is just a little bit closer, we'd burn up. That's right. If it's a little yeah. bit further away, we have winters that might be six, nine yeah. months at 50 degrees mm -hmm. below. If there's no adjusted gravitational yeah. pull from the moon, Lake that's Erie's coming up. That's right. Village in North Olmsted. Perfect distance. Everything. Everything's a perfect, right rotational. The temperature. Yeah. Right. If you really look at the temperature mm -hmm. range, we go as a, if you go across the world, we kind of live in with about, yeah, maybe five below to 110 below uh, around yeah. the world. But all of the vast majority of the world is in that medium range where we live, about 70, 70 degrees. Why is everything so perfect? Like, yeah, it's it's finely tuned. And right. Some, even an atheist said it looks like somebody got in the control rooms of the universe and adjusted all the dials mm -hmm. so it would work. Yeah, that can't just happen. It just can't happen by chance. You know, you just—it's like almost like throwing uh, throwing uh, a roll of pennies out across the floor, and not only do they all come up heads, but they spell out a a, a name yeah. of a person. Right. It's the chances of that happening. Right. Oh, no. Exact same thing when we look at creation, and that's what the Bible says in Romans chapter one. It really has a lesson for everybody in the world. Uh, yeah. Take note, right? When we're talking about creation uh -huh. and how God. So, if you look at Romans chapter one, and in verse uh, nineteen, right. Romans chapter one, verse nineteen. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So this has a whole lot to do with Amen. what we're studying in Genesis. That's right. What may be known of God is revealed mm -hmm. in them, for God has shown it. In other words, again, it goes back to Psalm 19. He's, he's given us an object lesson every day, This is what we call the universe, yeah. or nature. How, how far does it go back? He says, from sense creation of the world. That's what we're studying mm -hmm. in Genesis. His invisible attributes. Some of you just mentioned. He's orderly. He's all powerful. He's aesthetic. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't just have trees. We have beautiful trees. We don't just have oceans. We have beautiful. Am I right? Flat yeah. is the tightest flower. It's beautiful. Yeah. So it's yeah. are clearly seen, not yeah. just seen, but clearly seen, not just seen, but understood right. by the things that are made. That's the universe. That's my body. That's your butt. Even his eternal power and Godhead. Godhead is a hint to the Trinity. We'll get into that later. Right. So look at this. So that they are without excuse. No, I can say when they're judged, you didn't give me enough evidence. Well, yeah, and, and that's something that I've struggled with, John. Well, well, first, I want to want to read one other thing, and then I want to talk about that. You know, so it, to your point there, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, it, and it basically suggests he used no pre-existing material to, to create the earth. The ancient Hebrew word for that is bara, which means created, but it means to create out of nothing. Right. So evolution, there was always existing matter. When, when you take a look at that, he created all of this and even the universe. And we just talked about the distance between the galaxies and how many stars. It's impossible. It, it's impossible. It's, right. Okay. Yeah. If you go to the art museum, Cleveland Art Museum, right. you see a portrait or a really great painting. Yep. 
at the very least, you would say to get that yeah. painting. First of all, you're going to know that painting didn't paint itself. No. Right? It's just, mm -hmm. it's just exquisite. Right. You need three components. You need you need paint, mm -hmm. you need brush, and you need canvas. You got the canvas, mm -hmm. and then you got the paint here, and the brush moves the paint around. Yeah. So, okay, you need three components, but behind that, you need a painter. Yeah. So think of the three components. Back to Genesis 1-1. You have space. That's your canvas. Right. You have matter, that's the pace, mm -hmm. and you have time. That moves matter around on this great canvas we call the universe. But to do that, you have to back up and have a creator. Yeah. It's very, it's it's, yeah. like, it's simple at one level. But once you see it, you go, oh, yeah, we need time, we need space, we need matter. What does a painter need? He needs paints, he needs brushes, and he needs canvas space to put it on. But behind that, you must have a painter. So, yeah, um, I, I guess the thing for me, you know, before we met um, and we really started to get in the word, into the word and you were kind of showing me, I, I think there's a couple of things going on in my head where it says so, so that people are without excuse. Yeah. I, I feel so bad for uh, people in my life that aren't following the Lord. And at times when I, I try to talk to them about my beliefs it's just like they change the subject. Yeah. So they're not ready to receive it. And their their eyes are veiled against what I'm talking about. They think I'm silly or, you know, I'm a Jesus freak, however you want to classify the language. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so then I feel bad. But then when I see scripture like this, it's not up for me to, to break the veil. I can pray for him. Yeah. I can try and show him what I'm looking at and how it's changed my life. But if they don't come to it, it's it's I guess it's not on me as a Christian, right? Right. Even though we're even though we're told to create disciples, you watch Jesus and what he did with parables is figure out who he should spend time with that were open to talking to him about everything. Well, even tell right? parables, yeah. They said the, the you have eyes you don't see, you have ears you don't hear. Right. So there was people that could get it, and there's mm -hmm. people that couldn't get it, even today. Mm -hmm. In a sense, David, yeah. every day should tell people, right. even you don't even have to be really smart. Yeah. When you look outside, like I always use an air, I use it a little acorn, right. a little acorn, and then I have a ball bearing. They're both about the same right. size, and they're about the same weight. Mm -hmm. Okay, what, what can you do with the ball bearing? Well, you can maybe blame marbles. We could put it in a slingshot and shoot yeah. it. You're very limited, right? It's a man-made object. Yeah. Contained within that acorn, same size mm -hmm. as the ball bearing, is you put it in the ground and you get enough water. Basically, that's all it needs, water. Yeah. And then some, mm -hmm. you know, that thing can be three times the size of this building in yeah. 30 years. It can produce tens of thousands of other acorns. It has leaves. Right. Birds nest in it. Out of that little thing the size of a marble. Right. If you if a person can't look at that yeah. and say, Whoa, I see intelligence, I do, I see design, I see engineering, I see coding, I see life force. If they can't see that, yeah. And they just say, Oh yeah, it's just an acorn. Yeah, okay, thirty years it's gonna be the, the size, you know, thirty feet high. If they if they can say that acorn somehow produced itself yeah. or it contains it. Then they're blind. They're yeah. They're distracted. They're blinded. It says that yeah. Second Corinthians chapter four verse four. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them whom the God of this age, Satan, has blinded. Yeah. And one of the biggest ways he blinds people is distraction. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. I know people. 
They're just busy about life. Yeah. What's the sports? Am I going to react? Yeah. I'm going to watch the news. I'm going to do this. I'm yeah. Gonna do that. I'm not saying these are bad things, but they're distracting from Big the best time. thing. Yeah. Like, what is life about? Mm -hmm. what, 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 what am I here for? Um, uh, how should I raise my children? What, how should I relate to other people? What thoughts should I think? What's going to happen yeah. after I die? Right. These are existential questions that are so important, but we fritter our time away. And then one day is our last day. You know somebody that just died. I know somebody, a guy younger than me, just had a heart attack. He's in the hospital. Yeah. We don't know what tomorrow, but right. th there's only three options for death, really. Mm -hmm. When you look at it, what's going to happen when we die? Number one, nothing. That we don't have a soul, or atheists would say it's what's called cessation or annihilation. Nothing exists. You just go back to the ground. Number two, karma. You kind of come back in a future life as an animal or as a human being, whatever. Or there's a coming judgment, and there's a heaven, and there's a hell. What the Bible says, mm -hmm. it is appointed unto man to die once, and then comes the judgment. That's Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. That's it. We should be thinking about these. Now, yeah. again, the atheist one just doesn't hold water because, you know, you, yeah. but what, what, the thing about Christianity is we serve a dying, rising Savior. He's the only founder of religion whose tomb is empty. Yeah. And even critics of Christianity can't say where's his body because all the eyewitnesses says he's risen. And they live, they risk their life taking this message out to the world. Am I right? Yeah. So I yeah. told people, yeah. I once told people when I was teaching in uh, Thailand, villagers that were coming to Christ, I said, if you're going to believe somebody for your life and for your death, believe somebody that calls himself the resurrection and the life. He answers life's biggest mystery, biggest fear, biggest inevitability. All of us are going to die. Mm -hmm. Every living thing here from the yeah. world to the elephant, mm -hmm. to you, to me, we're all going to die one day. So why not be prepared and at least look at the evidence that this is true? And the, God's not willing that any should perish. That perish means separation from God, but that all might come to repentance. And I didn't know this really at a deep level. Yeah, I was 27 years old. Mm -hmm. You too, you know, later yeah. in life. We were kind of religious yeah. growing up, but um, we didn't have that personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I think that's the important thing. You know, when I think about the protection and how I feel now as a follower of Christ and the new race, uh -huh. and by leaving my old body behind and seeing the secular world, to me it's akin to being on the Autobahn every day. You're going 100 miles an hour, but you can't see and don't know when that cliff is going to come. Right. If you do not have Christ in your life and you are not a believer— you know, you have no idea when it's coming, what can happen, and how you're going to survive that impact. You're falling right. off the cliff. Now that I'm a believer, I know it. some days I'm going at 100 miles an hour, but I take my hands off the steering wheel because I'm a follower of Christ in a lot of respects, and I trust him. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking my hands off the steering wheel now knowing that he's in the car with me every day. Right. And he's got, you know, um, he's protecting me against those arrows. We can put our armor of God on every single day. You know, the enemy's trying to throw me off my track, try to distract me from coming to the radio show, whatever it is. And this is the important thing. The most important thing you can do for your family and yourself is to stop the world for a nanosecond Get into the Word, and you always say, start with John. Mm -hmm. 
gospel of get into the word ask the holy spirit to open your eyes up to what you're reading and just see what happens that's all we're asking you to do and believe me the, the joy we have now and again we still have hardship we still have challenges but it's what i said you can take your hand off the steering wheel with your faith and trust in Christ. Exactly. And you won't believe the miracles that will occur in your life. Oh, oh, am I right with that? Oh, you're right. You've seen, you've seen so many as a missionary. Well, yeah. You, it's, like, it's like watching TV black and white and all your yeah. high-definition colored. Right. It's you've gone into a whole new world. It That's, has. It says that any man be in Christ, right. a new creation. All things are passed away. We didn't know all this stuff was just waiting for us. Right. But look, we talked a month ago about the advantages mm -hmm. or the benefits of a Christian life. Right. Just look at this. You come to him and he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's going to start revealing mysteries to you, right? Through the wife of God. He's going to show you how to pray. Not just pray, but see answers to prayer. Yeah. Practical ways. Yeah. How to best raise your children. How to how to minister to somebody that's sick or not well. Mm -hmm. Or even an unbeliever that's, yeah. that's really off the beaten path. And you say, hey, come right. on. This alcohol or these drugs, they take you where you want to go. Why don't you look at this? But all this while, David, he's yeah. giving you a home in heaven. Yeah, a man So uh, look at the music. We What? What are you kidding? Yeah. This what's is there. Yeah. What's there not to get? You're a salesman, David. I know. What's your you know, this would be the thing that I laugh about is just, you know, if people could come and talk to believers that have been doing it a while and just tell them all the miracles you've seen in your life after Absolutely. prayer, they would fall off their chair. But you have to, they have to be willing to spend the time. Yeah, right. And not just say, yeah, you got 10, oh, you got five minutes, I got to get back to the ball game, or I'm kind of busy at work here. Let me tell you, man, that, that that's the problem. That's the problem. You're right, you're exactly yeah. right. I, because we don't stop for a moment. That's why it says in the prodigal, yeah. the son in Luke chapter 15, he went, far away from his father's house. He just mm -hmm. lived a wild life. He ran out of all his money. Right. And it says something very interesting. It says, and he came to himself. In other words, he, he came to a place where he said, what is my life? Where have I yeah. come from? Right. Where am I headed to? Right. And then he repents and he goes back to his father and he has that life to get. But there's so many people out there have to come, have to, come to the, maybe they're listening right now. They're just living life and they're running hard and nothing really fulfills them. And they think, and what can I do and make a New Year's resolution yeah. or turn over a new leaf? No. Turn your life to Jesus Christ. And like I said, yeah. study the gospel or the gospel of John. Right. And the Bible clearly says if you seek him, you will find him if you really want to seek him. But like you say, David, yeah. he gives you a sense of peace. He right. gives you a forgiveness of sins. He, he Look at the music. Yeah. music. Even unbelievers yeah. like Amazing Grace or How Great the oh. Art or Oh Holy Night or Silent. Our music. You know, literature, art, all through the ages, hospitals, clinics, yeah. orphanages. It's just, man, and it only is going to get better and better because Jesus, well, it says in Romans, I have not seen or ear heard or entered into the heart of man what great things God has prepared for those that love him and yeah. serve him. Yeah. The best is yet to come. Man. It, it, it is. The best is yet to come. Um, You know, so I, I guess, you know, for me, Jesus is the easiest thing to sell yeah. especially when you get into it i think about all the different products uh that i've been a part of that i've uh tried to sell from ai stuff to medical device in jesus once you get into it he's the easiest thing 
to sell worldwide. Yeah. Uh, he's he gives you everything you need to to convince somebody, but they have to take the time uh, to look at yeah, it. Right. It's like anything else. If you don't have their attention, they're just going to go on uh, and do something else. That's why it says in in, in Psalm ninety. Teach me to number my days, O Lord, right. that I might apply my heart to wisdom. Because it also says there in Psalm, boast not thyself, but mm-hmm. tomorrow you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring forth. Right. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So why not make certain today? And that, that's why I tell people it's it's too risky to put your life yeah. in, that, in that fragile area where you think, oh, I'm going to live another 30 years. I got plenty of time. No, you don't. You don't know. And why not have that security? I, here's the thing. I've never known a Christian on his deathbed that said I regretted being a Christian. Okay. Yeah. You don't. But I've known people that have been very fearful of dying because they weren't right with God. Yes. You know that's yeah. not common. No. Because and we have this certainty. So you've got to know him over the years. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Draw near to God; He'll draw near to you. I've started a good work in you. I'll bring it to completion. Mm-hmm. Call upon me, and I will answer you. All of these things. And other believers help confirm your faith, do they not? That's why church is so important. Yes. They help strengthen you in your faith and your walk, and they help also identify your gifts so you can serve the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. I, I, I think the big thing for me, the line of demarcation was when you and I were talking, and uh, to become a Christ follower, I think the, the central um, difference from some of the other religion uh-huh. past that I was on is the fact that you can talk directly to God. Right. And so when he died, the curtains ripped and, you know, the, they, you know, they said the curtains ripped and, you know, the tabernacle, the whole thing, you don't need to have somebody else go before you um, to talk directly to God now. Yeah, exactly. And, right. and that was, that just blew my mind. And from there, I just couldn't believe that I, without a priest next to me, I couldn't believe that I could read the Bible and talk to the Holy Spirit, talk to Jesus, ask, pray to them directly and God and ask for things. It was almost like I was locked up in an attic like Cinderella. And when when the door opened and I was told, no, you don't have to be up here anymore asking for permission to talk to your father in heaven, that blew my mind. And then I realized I could do all this independently with with good Christian people being in a great church, and that changed my life. I, I felt the chains were removed because you. I was even waiting in line to have my sins forgiven, right, in, in churches. And, and I was talking to these priests and whatnot, and then I realized, hey, man, I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to say 20 Our Fathers and 12 right. Hail Marys right. and 3 Glory Bees and, and you know. Uh, it, it, plus, so it, it was a game changer. Plus, yeah, plus one issue I used to have was yeah you'd always go to confess your sins but you right. like you were frustrated because you never could yeah break that cycle right when you have the Holy Spirit yeah the word of God mm-hmm. you're convicted yeah you know you know you say to yourself oh I'm not going to use those words anymore and all of a sudden they start disappearing from mm-hmm. you. I'm not going to think those thoughts as your mind right. is being renewed right. so it takes you to a deeper level of your sense in how good God has been to you how mm-hmm. good Jesus has been to you. I want to do those things that please him. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing, David. The closer we draw to the Lord, the mm-hmm. closer, the more influence we have in the lives of yes. us to help them right. find Jesus. That's the the most greatest thing mm-hmm. that I've experienced in my life. Yes. And it's not, 
like I have this great skill set, or, or anybody, mm -hmm. you, anybody, as we get closer and closer to the Lord, I think of it like radiation. Yeah. I, get, I use this, remember Chernobyl? What, yeah. With, oh, uh, yeah. Nuclear? yeah. Well, the scientists went in there with these um, these uh, radio uh, radioactive detectors, and they could go into the villages and find out how close that person was to the reactor when that nuclear radiation was being shot out. They could actually get somewhere really not too radiated, yeah. somewhere really radiated. So my thing is, I use that in the sense, the closer we come to God, we draw near to God, the more we're radiated. We yeah. We're radiated with the power, the yeah. love of God, the compassion of God. And we can take that out yeah. there in a sense and yeah. radiate outward. That's why yeah. it says, Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8, uh, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, yeah. you will bear much fruit. For right. all it's not us kind of doing it, it's him using us because mm -hmm. we stay close to him and we have his word. And then he starts doing the work through us. It's a very powerful concept. Yeah. Because I told you years ago, I worked at the uh, Soldiers and Sailors Relief Commission while I got yeah. in the Army. And I used to help veterans, especially my caseload was a lot of people that lived downtown, homeless. They lived at the Salvation Army, Harbor Light, a lot of alcoholic. But and I used to have their cases in front of me, their file. Some of these guys were pilots in the South Pacific. Some had Purple Hearts they want. And they just fell out hard times. They yeah. had post-traumatic stress. They got yeah. alcohol. And I would talk to them. Yeah, if this was before I were Christian, mm -hmm. but I had nothing like, to, looking back, I had nothing to offer them. I'd say, are you going to AA meetings? Oh, yeah. Are you trying to get uh, new spot labor? Yeah. Uh, have you ever used your GI benefits? You know, a little, you know, whatever. But to say, hey, look, here's what happened to me. This can happen to you. God loves you. Jesus died for you. He can He can bring these habits. You can be a dwelt with the Holy Spirit. I didn't I didn't have that resource because I wasn't a Christian. Yeah, so that's the other benefit of, of being a believer is you now take something with you. Of course, we want to share it first with our children and our wider friends, but wherever we go, we take that with us. You know, I was just, while you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that what being a follower of Christ does is it gives you a different set of fuel for your body that you cannot get on earth. That's right. And, you know, it puts you into a different stratosphere you know, when we went to um, that church group meeting, these people plan churches all over the uh -huh. globe, ICM, there was this 82 or 84-year-old guy there traveling all over the globe on his own. I know it. He seemed like a spring chicken and talking to him like he was in his 30s. Yeah, right. And that's the spiritual health of his soul. He, it doesn't matter what goes on with him, the frailty, the, the creaks, you know, the, the sore shoulder, the rotator cuff problems of age. He is performing at a different level because he has that fuel. Exactly. So for me, it, it's, it's you know, people say the fountain of youth. They say the Holy Grail. The Word, the Bible can do all that for us. Oh, yeah. You right. really can, John. You're, you're hitting on a very interesting thing. I want to read And it's it. right in front of us. Yeah. We don't have to search for those treasures. It's all right here. Here's to your point, which you just said. Here's yeah. what it says. Therefore, we Christians do not lose heart. Even, in other words, don't get discouraged, even though our outward man is perishing, that's our yeah, body, we're yeah. getting older, right? Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. You see, yes. the inward man is being renewed day by day. That's our spirit, our soul. For our light affliction, that means any trouble we have in this world, is not that serious, really, which is but for a moment. It's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 
while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen Amen. are eternal. So it tells me we can be refreshed in our inner man as we study the Word of God in terms of peace, joy, purpose, yeah. power, direction. Even though one day we're going to leave yeah. the planet, like you say, we can leave it with having a what you call a flourishing life up at yeah. that time. And there's so many people we see, David, in the news and everything. They they achieve all this celebrity. Yes. They get a bigger and bigger boat. They got this and they got that. But then you look at their lives. They're not. They don't see. They're not following God. They're missing something. Yeah. And you know. And I think that's such a good thing to bring up for people to to understand that. You know, um, as we saw with King Solomon in Ecclesiastes, he basically said this world is a rat race, and he tried to spend as much money as he could on himself, pleasuring himself from homes to women to vineyards to whatever he could. And at the end, when he's sitting there in his chair, he said there's only one path forward for true health and and uh, true um, joy, yeah. and it's Jesus Christ. You know, so it, and it's hard for people to understand, you know, what we're saying and, you know, the fact that God was not only human but also God himself. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard, but... If you go back to the Bible, if you look at Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. He tells us we're going to struggle with this, and then he says it's okay. Yeah. Here's, you're gonna, you can't understand it. Could you imagine if he created a science document Versus just keeping it so simple yeah. with the creation of the world, nobody would have been able to even understand what I what's what is going on. Exactly. But he tells us it's okay not to understand, right? And we we won't understand, right. until we get to heaven. Yeah, there's things that we do understand. There's things that we do not. Here right. he says in Deuteronomy, yeah, chapter twenty nine, verse twenty nine, it says the secret things belong to the Lord, right, and only to Him, but. The things he has revealed to us, right? He's real to be revealed to us and yeah. our children. That means he has revealed stuff to us. Now, if you're a Christian, you have access to information, like you said earlier. Not to pray, how to study the Word of God, how the world begin, how can I have peace in my heart, how can I influence another person? Yes, all of these things. How can I have power? Yes, the devil. You know, all of these things. You know, I don't have yeah. to believe in superstition. Right. I don't have to have a. He makes it clear. He makes it very clear. He said, D don't get into that stuff. And he, and he yeah. has us so much information right. to live a good life. Now, there are things he doesn't reveal to us. Yet. Sure. Have, have yeah. eternity. Right. But he's revealed a lot, you know. Yeah. And if you look at, um, we come to, to the Bible believing it is the place where God has spoken to man perfectly and comprehensively. 2 Timothy three sixteen to 17 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. It, it, what it doesn't say in the subcategories is everything we need is in here. Yeah, for life. And yeah, it's, God. it's in here. How to run your family. You know, um, how to help create disciples. How to forgive. Yeah. People, how to everything. It's every, all in there. Everything is in there. So going yeah. back where we began at the yeah. beginning of Genesis, right? Once he creates everything, you know, on the sixth day, it says that's what he we see him say in uh, chapter one. He says, 
Verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Look at the prolor. Three times. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So here again, you get this hint of a trinity, but also singularity. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over uh, all the earth, over the creeping things. So God created man in his own, his own singular image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Then he blessed them. He said, be fruitful and multiply, yeah. subdue. So here we see God is making man special and different wow. in his image, but also he's instituting marriage. You see that? That's a, now, that's this a is good one. The whole topic. Yeah. Oh, good we ever. He started the institution of marriage mm -hmm. way back in Genesis, but all through the Old Testament, God uses that symbol or metaphor of a marriage for God's relationship to Israel. Yes. And when they when they leave him and go after pagan beliefs, it's he says you're being like adulterer or unfaithful. When Jesus comes, he is called the bridegroom and the church is the bride. You, what I'm getting at is you see that marriage theme yeah. runs from the beginning and then at the end of the book of Revelation is there's just going to be great marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven, just like at the wedding you have this great feast, right? You know, that uh, everybody's coming together. Yeah. So from start to the finish, this whole theme of marriage is in there. And that's why this is under attack today. Yeah, you know, it, it's a good point, um, Jan. You know, how many places have we heard where uh, the Bible is clear on this? One man for one woman. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's in the press about, oh, yeah, sure, same-sex marriages are okay. You know, God knew what he was doing. This is what he commanded. And... You know, we're created in the image of God. We can't go out and just create a tree out of nothing. We need a seed yeah. that he gave us. Yeah, right. But with marriage, because it's a coveted blessing, we can reproduce. Exactly. This That's the only thing we can do uh, that would be similar at all to what he did in the universe. Yeah. So it's a coveted bond. Yeah. And see, angels can't do that. Right. Animals can't do that. That is to say, bringing a human into the world. Right. Because a human being is made in the image of God, but also has an eternal destiny. Yes. And and to, to how do you say, uh, co-create with God. Yeah. You know, he's given us this power in marriage to bring these little human beings into the world. Yes. That's powerful. And see, the enemy wants to come in and destroy that. Destroy yes, and destroy God in the process. That's why if you have one solid marriage, mm -hmm. one crisis, that's powerfully influential. It is. When you raise your children, yeah. who now know how to raise their children, which right. are their grandchildren. Yeah. It's very powerful to impact the world. And so our relationship, um, once you got in uh, to me and opened my eyes with the Holy Spirit's help, um, I am so, I think one of the, John, if I were to go tomorrow, I think the biggest thing, if you were sitting next to me on, on the side of the bed uh, and just talking to me and praying over me, I would say one of the biggest things I have comfort with before I leave this earth is the fact that I know my children and my wife are following the Lord in a strong way, and I'm praying that it continues in the offspring. That, it's not how much we left them in the estate. Right. It's not the fact that, you know, uh, Tristan really liked my car and wanted that. Mm -hmm. No, that's the primary thing. It's, and and that gives you so much comfort yeah. moving forward in life because you know you have given them 
I hate to use the term again, but kind of like the Holy Grail. Yeah. You've given it to them. Yeah. Everybody's still searching for the physical artifacts. Oh, is it Jesus's cup or the cup that c collected some of the blood? Yeah, yeah. Is it these artifacts over here? Where is it? It doesn't matter, man. Get off that stuff. Just get in the Word. Here's what you just yeah. in a verse, what you yeah. just said about children. Right. It says this in 3 John verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That's it. Thing. That's it. Now, you want to leave them resources oh, sure. of legacy. Yeah, if you but can't. what you know is that mm -hmm. you leverage your life mm -hmm. in the downstream of generations, your children, your children's children. Mm -hmm. And if they, you know, like right now I have four children, but I have 13 right. grandchildren. Right. Now, if they all, uh, God willing, are continuing on this mm -hmm. path to follow the Lord and stay, whether they're an engineer, right. or an entrepreneur, right. or a baker, a candlestick maker, or whatever, as long as they want to serve God and glorify God, how many lives will they touch? Right. It's, it's exponential. Yeah. And it, it, that's the impact of one life. Yes. But John, I guess it's akin to me of uh, realizing our family, our children, our offspring are going to be doing battle every single day. And they're going to be going up against military personnel with tanks and bazooka guns. You leave them a bazooka gun with no missiles in it, no grenades around, nothing. And and if you don't have this, that's really what you're doing when yeah, you leave right, up, and right. you leave the earth. Yeah. There's no other way to to get people to pay attention to this. What we're saying is true. You if you meet Jesus, yeah. the whole trajectory of your life has changed. It is. Everything is changed. You have the protection arm, which is why we put the armor of Christ on in Ephesians. I mean, that is one of the most significant things we can do. It's not always, and it can be an offensive move, but if you saw Christ when he was away for 40 days in the wilderness, he didn't just pull out a physical sword and or just say, boom, get out of here, Satan. I could, with my click of my fingers. No, he used the word of God to dispel him. So- Man, it's it's hard for me uh, to watch so many people running about the world, yeah. people I care about, and um, the fact that I can't get their attention. Some I have, but it's been with a lot of prayer yeah. and a lot of waiting for them to kind of come over a little bit so you can tell your story. Yeah. But I wish more people would just run to us um, and ask questions. You're right. People yeah. run and they almost like yeah. hamsters. We are. There's an old poll. About it said the mm -hmm. robin to the uh, what how did it go said the robin to the yeah. sparrow I, I I certainly wonder why yeah these anxious uh, human beings run around yeah. so much and he says I think that it must be they have no heavenly father that cares for you and me right the two little brown yeah. that God takes but the idea that we're mm. running yeah but for what what where is it going to get you in the end you know you see these guys leave property and all this to their kids and they waste it with it. You know, two years or so. You know, it, it's kind of, I guess the way I just thought about it, what you were talking is, you know, the enemy um, will keep them, he'll he'll keep increasing their, their salaries or their promotions at work and distract them because everything is comfortable. Oh, yeah. Until you're about to take your last breath, then he knows he won unless you are reading the scripture or the verse to, to become a follower of Christ. You're right. At that moment. Well, when I think about Jesus on the cross, it doesn't matter what you've done. Don't think you can't. We've said this how many times on this show over seven years. 
look at the look at the uh, criminals on the cross. And the one said, you know, uh, when you go to your place, please, please remember me, Jesus. And he said, from this day forward, you'll be with me in paradise. That is true. It can happen that quick. You don't have to worry about it being too long, John, right? And how many people have you brought to the Lord like that right in the end? Yeah. You, you know, I think about my family, yeah. right? Yeah. So anyway. I remember that. I know that. Uh, your wife's uh, yeah, father. father-in-law. Yep. Well, thank you again for listening, David. It was a good show Yeah. for your input. And uh, everybody listening, I, I would just say take heed. You know, maybe you've heard a lot of this stuff or, or not, but when you look around at nature, Think of nature's God, and when you look at nature's God, when you look at the Creator God, let that cause you to go into His written Word and to see what it describes Him, and about His love for you, for me, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in Him should not perish. There's a warning there. You don't have to perish, but have everlasting life. I mean, what more could somebody give you than everlasting life? But He doesn't only give you that, but He gives you all this other stuff that we just mentioned. Yeah. God bless you all, and we hope to uh, have a show, nice, interesting, a couple of guests coming into the near future, but have a blessed weekend. God bless. Have a good weekend, everybody.